Welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. I'm your host, Corey Graham. Join us here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where the independent new authors come first. The last time we met Eloin Noeloin, she was strolling down the street. And now she's on a new adventure in Eloin Noeloin, A Mostly Merry Menagerie. The author, Sylvia Moore Myers, is right here with me now again. Sylvia, thank you so much for joining me again. Yeah, nice to talk to you again. Thanks for having me. It is great to have you, and I will say that one of the reasons I love talking about your books is the titles just roll off the tongue. I love saying Eloin Noeloin. <laughs> Thank you. I do, too. <laughs> so what's she up to in A Mostly Merry Menagerie? Yeah, so uh, Eloin and her family, along with her stowaway Henry, Henry the Mouse is always you know hanging around somewhere, right? Hmm. But uh, they're heading to the zoo, so she's learning uh, not only about the animals, but acceptance. Not everybody's happy, you know. Some animals are grumpy. <laughs> mm. So was there somewhere this story came from? Did you have an idea that sort of sparked this? Yeah, well, you know, she had been to the zoo, and, and it was a real cool experience for her. The real Eloin, that is. Just the fact that, you know, not all animals are happy, you know, and we personally are not happy all the time. Mom's not always in a good mood, you know. Dad's not always, you know, the breath of sunshine, as they say. And even grandmas like me can, can be in a bad mood on occasion. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. So just knowing that and accepting that and being, being happy with that. And it was really the story, you know. Not everybody's happy all the time. And that's perfectly fine. Now, this is the second book you've written with Eloin. What's been different? Was there anything that's changed dramatically in maybe the way that you, you've worked on the book, the way that it went to publishing? Right, yeah. So the the process obviously is basically the same. You know, the artists working on this, we're trying to keep the characters, you know, the same because they are based on actual people, and uh, some some are fictitious, some are real, <laughs> but we try to keep that look of them. And Ellen, you might have noticed, has gotten a little bit taller. You know, so she's kind of growing up as we go along the way. There's a twelve books planned altogether. This is number two of the twelve. So, and I'm sorry about my voice. I got allergies. What can I say? (laughs) Oh, it happens to the best of us. Yeah. Can you remind our listeners what sort of age range of of kids that would get the most out of this? Sure. Um, This is beginner readers, and it's rhyming, which is awesome because it teaches new words as well as rhyming and prayers at the end. But anywhere from you're reading it to your newborn to 12, 13-year-olds would probably enjoy this. I've had several tweens and teens tell me that they really have enjoyed the book so far. Yep. Hmm. But how long were you were you working on this? Is this getting quicker as you go? Sure. Yeah. So all of the stories that I've been working on, I've kind of got all of them sketched out as it is right now, but I'll, I've flipped a couple of them around and I'm going to do them in different orders. The next book that's coming out, obviously, is about Elon, his birth, and it's called Something's Wrong with Mommy. Hmm. <laughs> It's hilarious when you see it. You'll love it. But Eloin thinks her mother is fat. Yeah. And so (laughs) getting fat and there's something wrong with her because she's eating. And Eloin basically thinks mom's overeating, finds out she's (laughs) pregnant. 
<laughs> the parents explain that Elon's on his way. <laughs> the fourth book, obviously, is Trouble with Brothers, you know, mm. because they can be trouble, mm. as you can imagine. Right. <laughs> well, I've got different stories in mind because we have one about a farm. I don't want it to be too close to the zoo visit, but, you know, I have a farm and I have peacocks and turkeys. And so that book is basically written, but I'm going to wait and probably stick it in there somewhere in the middle in six. Mm. Most of them are either sketched out or they're in the thought process. I want Ellen to grow with the books for the kids because, you know, they're growing with them as well. And we'll eventually be in chapter books by the time we finish this series. This book is called Ellen No Ellen, A Mostly Merry Menagerie, written by Sylvia Moore Myers. It's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find it everywhere you buy books, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, traditional brick-and-mortar stores, too. Well, Sylvia, thank you again for coming on the show. It's always a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much for letting me talk about Elowin Noelowin again. Yeah, thank you. And hopefully by the time we chat again, I'll have my voice back. <laughs> you have a blessed day. Experience a unique emotional journey in The Phoenix Trinity, it's the new book in stores now by Matthew Gregory Robotham. I'm really happy to be talking with Matthew right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Matthew, thanks a lot for talking with me tonight. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to uh, do this with you. I'm excited to be talking with you. Can you tell me what you've written about in the Phoenix Trinity? Uh, I wrote a, ro- a lot about the ups and downs between a battle of depression and mental illness. Um, on my intro into college, it was just a rough patch in my life. And this is a collection of poetry, correct? It is, yes. And Matthew, I'm curious about the Phoenix Trinity, the the title itself. Can you go into that? Yeah, so the Phoenix part is the rebirth. So in there's there's three main parts, death, decay, and rebirth. So that's the whole Phoenix part. And then since there's three parts, that's why it's the Trinity, like the Holy Trinity. I'm a religious person. There are some religious poems in there that use the phrase hymn which is referring to God. So that is why it is the Phoenix Trinity. Is this your first published work then? It is, yes. Would you consider writing more books and putting more out there? I currently am, actually. And I'm hoping I can get it published. Yeah. Wow. Is that poetry again? Is that along the same lines? Or are you venturing out? It is poetry that I'm currently writing. I might venture out later on, but just going to stick to what I feel comfortable doing right now. Hmm. Now, getting a book published, there's a lot involved, and it's often a big learning experience. Do you have words of wisdom, some advice that you could offer to people who are about to embark on that same journey for the first time? Don't be afraid to put down your emotions on the paper. If you feel something, just write it. If you don't like it, somebody probably else will. So as long as it sounds good and and there's emotion in there, somebody else will enjoy it. What would you say to somebody who says, I have a story that I want to tell, but I'm afraid people aren't going to like it. I'm afraid of criticism. I'm afraid of negativity coming back on me for that. Do you have any encouragement? There's always going to be somebody that likes it no matter what. And the people that are negative towards you, they had to have read it before they were negative towards you. So at least you still had somebody else to read it. That's a good point. And, and you elicited such a response from them as well. They had to let you know what they think. So there's something to be said for that. Exactly. You know, oftentimes it's really helpful if you have people behind you while you're writing this and going through all the publishing things. Did you have people in your life who were sort of behind you, backing you up and supporting you while this was all going on? Not during the writing process. I actually didn't tell anybody that I was writing it until it was all finished. And then I showed it to my mom and she was the one that actually said that you need to get it published. At first, I just wrote him just because. And then I showed her 
she was a big support. She helped me through everything. She was basically did everything other than write it. Mm. So without her, I probably wouldn't even been on this podcast. So appreciate that. So are you a reader yourself? Oftentimes people like to write. They also love to read. Is that you? Yes, I very much enjoy reading. I'm a big sci-fi nerd. Mm. So I have a huge collection of sci-fi books that I read. I'm not the biggest poetry reader. I do have some, but I have to be in the right mood for poetry, really. Mm. Uh, I'd rather write it, but I do enjoy reading it from time to time. You've definitely got imagination. You've definitely got creativity. Being such a fan of sci-fi, is it ever tempting to try that out yourself? It is very. <laughs> I also enjoy playing D&D, mm. so I've, I've been doing some writing for some campaigns with my friends like that. So. Oh, that's fantastic. Matthew, I hope to see more from you out there in stores. The book's called The Phoenix Trinity, written by Matthew Gregory Robotham and published by Newman Springs Publishing. You can find it everywhere you shop for books, on Amazon and Barnes & Noble, iTunes, traditional brick-and-mortar stores, too. Well, Matthew, thank you again for joining me tonight. Thank you so much for telling your story to the world and talking with me about it. Thanks for having me. I appreciate the uh, opportunity. Believers can come together and ignite their passion for Christianity with the new book by Judith L. Hall, titled Building the Community of Christ a focus on Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, a fun game to attract followers to the church. I'm talking with Judy right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Judy, thank you so much for joining me here today. Well, thank you for having me. Can you tell me all about building the community of Christ? This it looks really fun. Well, that's part of the intent, is to have it be fun. It was a game at first that I invented when I was teaching a religious ed class. And then I turned it into a workbook, and its intent is to supplement any of the Christian leaders that are either teaching religious education or sometimes there's leader students. But it's meant to supplement the lesson and give them another way to inspire younger folks to the life of Christ and to be evangelists, hopefully, someday. So it's a game. The workbook goes through some basics around Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then as a game, it's meant as a team building exercise that the students actually build the board. They can make up their own questions around Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They also have opportunities to challenge each other, whether it's to write a new hymn or deliver a sermon things like that to help them be engaged. When I ran this the first time as, as a game when I was teaching, the students wanted to almost play it every week, so it <laughs> became a lot of fun. Mm. Is there a particular age range of people where you're thinking of? It sounds like, you know, children could benefit, and how old do you think? Well, I'm thinking more middle school, mm. somewhere around there with, you know, sometimes they like to squirm around after school and don't want to... <laughs> depending on, you know, when the class is. Mm. But also, it could be adapted to adults if they put the challenge questions to more in an adult audience, but it's a mainly targeted middle school. Mm. Have you ever written a book before? No, just articles. The books I've written, I was part of high tech for many years, mm. so we wrote how-tos, you wow. know? How to, yeah. This is so a lot different than that. Different. Yeah. It certainly is. Was that a challenge, getting writing this all out and going through the games and putting the illustrations in? How tough was that? I understood the process a little bit because when you work in high tech and if you're going to 
develop or just like a car somebody writes an owner's manual for your car Hmm. you do have an overview of the process but doing it yourself and through the process with christian publishing they made it a lot easier Hmm. for me what advice would you have for people who are like you just uh, about ready to publish their book and write their book and maybe finding like they need a little direction what advice would you give Oh, to take all the help you can get from Christian Publishing and sign up. I mean, I signed up for the works because I knew I had never done this Mm. before on my own. So, Mm. you know, and also depending on how they author, what they prefer to author in, what tools they prefer to use, that's also something to look into with the publishing company. Do you have any plans on maybe writing some more, maybe getting some more books out? Well, I'm looking at should I focus on each of these evangelists and what kind of new games could I come up with to excite the children? Now, while you're going through all this, and it's a lot of work and a lot of time to write a book and to publish it, were there people in your life who were particularly inspirational or encouraging, motivational during the whole time? Oh, yes. My family was very involved in helping me go forward, especially if I got stuck on certain things. They say, no, no, let's try it again, you know, whatever. So they were very helpful because we played the game ourselves, too, to make sure the game, you know, was both challenging and fun. Do you do a lot of reading? Because I hear from a lot of authors that they're big readers as well. And and I've heard the advice that, hey, if you want to get better at writing, then you just need to read more. That's the best way. Are you a big reader yourself? Pretty much. I mean, I belong to my local book clubs. You know, so you continue to read in between as well as the book that we've chosen for the month. Mm. So it's a lot of fun that way. And it gives you a variety of authors by reading, too, to see which style suits you the best. Absolutely. And it's always great to broaden your horizons and maybe read outside of the genre that you're accustomed to reading all the time and see what else is out there. That's correct. I mean, like I said, I was more in tune with technical manuals. That's much different than a novel, much different than fiction or anything like that. So very interesting to look at different authors. Absolutely. Judy's book is called Building the Community of Christ, a focus on Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, a fun game to attract followers to the church. Written by Judith L. Hall, published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find it everywhere you buy books on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, traditional brick-and-mortar stores as well. Well, Judy, thanks again for stopping by the show. I had a really nice time chatting. Thank you so much, Corey. It was very helpful to talk with you. Thank you. If you're like me, you love the woods. And I'm going to talk about that right now here with my guest, author Joseph Krug, whose new book, It's All About Habitat, is in stores now. Joseph, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, sir. I appreciate the opportunity. It's all about habitat. It's all about the woods in this book. Can you tell me about it? Basically, it's an instructional manual on how to establish, improve, and maintain quality wildlife habitat. It also gives some detailed instruction on growing, planting, and caring for the best varieties of fruit trees to achieve the results you're looking for. The book also includes some very good information on healthy forest management practices as well. I obviously have a passion for this, you have a passion for nature and the woods. So how did this come about? What inspired you to write the book? Basically, there's not much written out there on, on this on this topic. I started doing a lot of wildlife habitat improvement work, and basically I had nobody to turn to. There wasn't much written on it. Hmm. It was kind of a go-slow approach. We had to make a lot of mistakes until I learned exactly what to do to try to avoid the problems that 
caused me setbacks and things. So this is the first book you've written then? Yes, it is. Oh, congratulations. That's that's a big milestone. A lot of people say they want to do that. So uh, how does it feel now that you can look at yourself and say, hey, I'm, I'm a published author now? Uh, it's, it's kind of a wonderful feeling. I just knowing that I got a book out there that's going to help people a lot to achieve the results you're looking for. It's very gratifying. It's uh, It was a lot of work. I won't lie to you. It was a lot of work. I uh, lost the use of my left hand and a traumatic brain injury. So wow. I can't. So I had the long hand, everything on. So it was it was quite a bit of work. But uh, I'm, I'm glad I did the book. and I'm really comfortable with where I'm at with it. Wow. Fantastic. Uh, about how long did it take you from beginning to end? I, well, I've been writing basically for about 30 years, usually in short stories for magazines and things. But they actually sat down and put the book together and put everything that I've learned over the past three, four decades to actually put it in print. I worked on probably a good two and a half years. Wow. Did you find yourself cutting a lot of things out for length or, or is it pretty inclusive? It's pretty darn inclusive. Matter of fact, one gentleman told me this guy had a doctor's degree in engineering. He said, Joe, he said, you can you, you learn all the stuff that's in your book. But he said, most times you got to buy three or four or five books to get the amount of information. You have one book. He said, your book is complete from beginning to end. He said, it's very complete. So that was very, very flattering. I appreciated hearing that from Did you have a target audience in mind when you wrote it, a kind of ideal reader who would get the most? Well, basically, I wanted to target sport hunters because they have a vested interest in how well wildlife does. Mm. And also nature is a conservationist too, but predominantly sport hunters because, like I said, they have a vested interest. They were America's first wildlife. They were our first wildlife conservationist. And they're still, still to this day, they're probably our most avid wildlife conservationist. You said you learned a lot writing this book. And what advice would you have now for authors who want to get their first book out there? I would say... Definitely study your material well. Make sure you understand it totally. If you understand your material well and you study it, when you put it, your experience is going to come through in the print and the reader's going to fill it, fill it and he's going to pick up on it and he's going to be confident that the book's what he's looking for. And I'd say to try to keep everything smooth. I've read books where things get, get choppy when they get choppy. Mm. The reader starts to lose his attention. So I'd say see to it that your material flows smooth as well. What kind of reading do you do? Oftentimes, writers often they like to read a lot, too. What kinds of things are you into? Well, you know, I don't read too many books, quite honestly. I read a lot of short stories, but I'm kind of a busy guy. I'm also on the move. I don't really sit down long enough to ever ever read a book very often or even watch a movie. Heck, decades might go by where I might only see a couple movies in a decade. Hmm. So I'm kind of a hands-on type of guy. I'd rather be out there doing something and uh, trying to figure things out. And stuff. So basically, I don't do as much reading probably as I should do. Nothing wrong with that. You're living life. That's important. Yes, what are the chances you might write another book? Have you thought about that at all? Well, I thought about it. And to be honest with you, the book I've written, I might have made it a little bit longer had I known it was going to be condensed into a smaller manuscript than what I thought. But when you've got a whole pile of handwritten papers in front of you, finally put in the type, it shrinks down pretty fast. Mm. But the book I've written, it's, it's very complete. I don't think there's very much that would have made it a lot better. With my traumatic brain injury, I had to longhand this up. And uh, basically, I had to write this book probably at least three times till I felt comfortable where it was ready to put in the print. I've used a whole fistful ballpoint pens in the process. Mm, oh, I can I'm, imagine. I'm not quite ready to jump back in. Just <laughs> like, maybe down the road we will, but for the present time, I just want a little break from it. Yeah, give that hand a rest for a while, I suppose. Huh? Yeah, want to enjoy the moment.
Did you have a person or, or maybe more than one person in your life while you were writing this that was especially supportive or, or motivational to you? Yes. Uh, my most important was my good friend, wildlife biologist. He's deceased now, but Gerald Woods. Hmm. Jerry was just an incredible man. He was an incredible wildlife biologist. He was a constant source of encouragement to me. He was always picking my brain. I was always picking his. We were hmm. trying to learn from one another. He uh, one time made this statement to me. He said, Joe, he said, you need to write a book. Mm. That always stuck in my mind. But it was a, uh, I needed a good bit of motivation to finally actually sit down and start. But Jerry's source of encouragement, those words sticking to my mind. Joe, you re- need to write a book. It had been with me for a long time. Finally, I decided to jump on and get the job done. Mm. Well, Joseph's book is called It's All About Habitat. Published by Fulton Books, and you can pick it up everywhere on Amazon, on Barnes & Noble, on iTunes and Google Play, and down the street at your local bookstore as well, written by Joseph Krug. Well, Joseph, thanks again for stopping by the show. It was a real pleasure speaking with you and finding out more about the woods, what we can do for the woods, and all about your book. Thank you. Appreciate it very much, and I hope you enjoyed the book. The journey towards spiritual maturity isn't always an easy one, and readers can find encouragement in the new book by Dr. Therese McFarlane titled Awake Anew, Living as the True You. I'm really happy to be speaking with Therese right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Therese, thank you so much for joining me. Hi, Corey. Thank you for having me. Great to be here. It is great having you. Could you tell me all about what you've written about here in Awake Anew? Awake Anew. It identifies a period in time, I believe we all encounter, when we meet our greater purpose and become aware of who we are and what we're here for. We begin to question, am I fulfilling that? This book is meant to invite or to call the readers into a place where they can rise to that occasion. And it explains the what and the why, you know, the things that occur in this time of awakening. It's somewhat of a source of affirmation just to allow each person just to embrace their God-given purpose and fully become who they're intended to be. How did the idea to write this book come about? Well, it was a result of some things that I had experienced in my own awakening. And I've been walking with the Lord for a number of years, but somewhere along the line, just kind of lose focus or you become dormant or kind of goes through the monotony of day-to-day living. And the Lord just shook my world, so to speak, and caused me to realize that I'm not fully who I am. So within that period, I began to journal. Mm. And I realized the importance of that information. I recognized the importance of the information and that it couldn't be kept to myself. Mm. And I had to broaden the scope to share it with the world. Would you say this was an easy book or a difficult book to write for you? It was very difficult Mm. because it was also a lived experience. And I I realized that I was also processing what I had gone through. Mm. It posed a lot of challenges and it challenged me, but it it had great reward at the same time because at the end of it, at the end of writing, I was able to embrace who I fully am in the Lord and begin to live that. Did it take you a long time to work on this? How long was the process? It took about two years, but the preparation to actually write the book 
I would say it took about five years. Hmm. Yeah, because I'd actually begun writing another book, not realizing that it was a bridge that would lead me to my own awakening or reawakening, should I say. Hmm. And once I realized that the Lord had taken my life in that direction and the writing transition to to this <laughs> to hmm. this book. So it took about two years once I recognized that. I like that you mentioned journaling, and you had been using that as a tool for a while now. Would you say that much of this book came directly from the journaling, or did you sort of uh, write a lot of this originally outside of the journaling? It was more so inspired by deposits and revelations that the Lord placed in my heart Mm. that I would journal. So the journal was, was more almost like a springboard for ideas, and you'd take it from there. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Have you ever written a book before, or have you ever published? Well, I've I've never published, but I do have um, two manuscripts that I've written over a period of years that I do believe sometime to come (laughs) that I would revisit and hopefully publish, yeah. Mm. Are those along the lines of faith as well, or are you venturing outside of this? No, they're along the lines of faith, Christian literature, self-improvement, things of that nature. Mm. Now, having gone down that publishing road for the first time, I'm sure there's a lot you've learned. There's a lot of ins and outs and little things you got to do. So do you have any advice now for aspiring authors who want to get out there and get their first book out on shelves? Yeah, certainly. Well, I, I would say to be true to your message. I believe there's a lot of temptation to write in order to appeal to the masses. Hmm. And I could you know, certainly understand that. But in doing that, you may lose the integrity or the essence of the message that you are purposed to write, that would be my encouragement because when it's true to you, it will flow. The information will flow. And the temptation to become anxious will be less because you know that you are producing something in partnership with the great author and finisher of your faith. Mm-hmm. Now, in your whole journey of writing this, collecting everything, collecting all your thoughts and editing it, did you have a person or or maybe multiple people in your life who were really encouraging and motivating to you during the time? Well, certainly my my husband, he's been a great support. And, you know, he's given me opportunity to spend hours at a time at the computer. And my my children have been very supportive. So I I was very grateful for that. They gave me the, the time and the space that I needed. Definitely important. The book's called Awake Anew, Living as the True You, written by Dr. Therese McFarlane and published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find it everywhere you shop for your reading material, at Amazon and Barnes & Noble and iTunes and traditional brick-and-mortar stores, too. Well, Therese, thanks again for stopping by the show. I had a really nice time chatting. Thank you, Corey. Thank you for having me. Our special Christmas tree is the new children's book that's out right now by Tina Bybee. And I'm really happy to be talking with Tina right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Tina, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Can you tell me all about your book, Our Special Christmas Tree? Yes, Our Special Christmas Tree is about a family who searches for their special Christmas tree while walking in the woods. They choose a tree and bring it home. And the father in the story shares the Bible story about the birth of Jesus while the family hangs the ornaments that coordinate with the details of the story. Book rhymes, so it really flows smoothly while you read it. Hmm. What sort of age range did you have in mind when you wrote it? 
I would say early readers and young children between the ages of three to eight. So how did the idea to write this book come about? Through the personal experience, Christmas was very important to my mom and and of course, we recently lost both of them. Hmm. So I, I written this book and pretty much in honor of them. Christmas is also very important in my family. And our faith in God is a stronghold in that as well. And I wanted to share that story of Jesus with other children and not, not just my own. What's your writing background like? Have you written? Have you published before? Yes, I have. I've published three additional books. Hmm. One is called Special Eggs, and that's basically an embryology book for young children. And I've also published a book called Lena and Lacey, A Day with Aunt Ruth. And that one is about dandelion jelly. My aunt used to make dandelion jelly when I was a little girl. Oh, wow. I dedicated that book to her. And also another one I wrote is called Squatchies in His Puddle. That one is just a fun, fun, rhyming farm book that my grandchildren just absolutely love. <laughs> and that one was illustrated by my dear friend, Kurt Jensen, who is also a preacher in, at the Mulkytown Christian Church. So that one is a really fun book. Oh, how nice. You mentioned the illustrations. Now, in our special Christmas tree, what was that process like? That was a very enjoyable process. I mean, the, the Christian Faith Publishing was just wonderful. They were fantastic. They walked me through the step, the process from one step to the next. And it was a team of illustrators that completed that. Hmm. And they, they did an awesome job. Now, if you had words of advice to give to aspiring authors, what would you say? Well, I would say the first thing to do is join an author support group on social media. That is very important because they really can help you, walk you through, start from step one. Another thing that I did is I also kept a journal, a book that I wrote ideas in. And if I had questions, I would write them down and then I would join that author group on social media and ask these questions. And the next thing I would say is just pray and go for it. <laughs> mm. Now, what would you say to somebody who's maybe afraid of criticism, saying, I don't think people are going to like this, I'm afraid of negative reactions, because you said how beneficial it is to join a writer's group. So what would you say to somebody who's hesitant because of the criticism they might get? The writer's group, that's what they are there for. They're a big support. And there are so many of these groups that you can join, and they will actually help you through that. I mean, yes, you're going to get criticisms from people I mean, all over. I mean, that's that's a given. That happens. But I'm just kind of just dust it off and keep moving and just do your best. That's all a person can do. The book is called Our Special Christmas Tree, written by Tina Bybee and published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find it everywhere you shop for your books, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, traditional brick-and-mortar stores as well. And be sure to check out Tina's website, bybeebooks.com, B-I-B-Y-B-O-O-K-S.com. You can subscribe, follow her blog, order signed copies of her children's books, and you can find her on Facebook at Bybee Books. Well, Tina, thank you so much again for stopping by the show. I had a really nice time talking tonight. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. From author T, we have a fast-paced urban thriller in stores now. It's titled Trailblazing, and I'm really happy to welcome T to the show right now. T, thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you for having me. So Trailblazing sounds really exciting. What's this all about? It's about mainly two youth 
in the inner city in Boston in the late 80s and through the 90s, kind of bring back some authenticity to the city. They have a, a lot of trials and tribulations that they go through. It's just a growing up process. How did the idea for this book come about? I'm originally from Roxbury. I had uh, stories in my head and, uh, you know, a few guys that I wrote music with at one point said, hey, listen, won't you just write a book? So I'm an avid reader and uh, I find a lot, a lot of stories drag out. Some don't end well, you know, and I, and I read a lot. So I just wanted to bring a complete story to urban fiction mm. and uh, have it well written, suspenseful and the whole nine. Were there elements of your life, maybe your experiences, that sort of worked its way into some of the plot? Well, what I say about just about any art you write, everybody that writes has to come from some type of experience in their life because, I mean, I I couldn't write about aliens. I don't know anything about them. So (laughs) it definitely comes from things I've seen and been through, but it's it's definitely um, a total work of fiction in in my vivid (laughs) imagination. Is this the first book you've written? What's your writing background like? This was, I, I wrote music a lot. I wrote a lot of rap. I wrote a lot of R&B. I was going through a tough time in my life. I was actually incarcerated when I wrote the book. I wrote it in 2010. Hmm. So I was going through a tough period at that time in my life. And um, I just started putting the pen to paper. And I, I actually wrote four books in a matter of one year. Oh, wow. So, yeah, this was the first one that I wrote. You know, I was really proud of the work. Do you plan on maybe releasing those other three as well? Yeah, I'm definitely going to release them. This was like my try it out period and it's yeah. been going extremely it's been going extremely well, so That's great. Yeah, I definitely uh plan to release the other ones. So what was the whole thing like for you for the first time going through writing a book and then publishing the book, you know, getting it formatted and the cover and everything you got to jump through to get that done? How was that whole process for you? It's unreal for uh, honestly like to see now my finished product actually come to fruition. I had the manuscripts. I felt real good when I felt like I wrote it from front to cover, but um, I sat on it for 10, 11 years and just didn't know what to do with it. Mm. So to see it actually come to fruition right now, and uh, Orton Books did a great job with, I mean, everything, the way they worked with me. um, I'm just impressed with absolutely the whole process. It's great to see it. Now, having gone through that whole thing now, do you have any words of wisdom, maybe, or, or things you learned that you could offer to aspiring authors? Yeah, my thing would all to be to inspiring authors is get your words down on paper from start to finish. Don't worry about perfection. Don't worry about, you know, just a lot of things that stop you from getting it from start to finish. I literally wrote this book seven times. Wow. The very first time I wrote it, I just got all my thoughts on paper. I knew I knew how I wanted it to start. Mm. I knew the twist that I wanted in it, and I knew how I wanted it to end. Everything else, I had no idea. I just wrote. And the first time I wrote the book, it was probably about 75 to 80 pages of just, I wrote my thoughts down. Mm. And so then when I went back, I just rewrote it. And now I was able to add to it and understand where I was going now. So I added plots. And so I just say my biggest thing is just put your whole thoughts down from start to finish. Don't try to perfect it in the first time around. Just write it, get it on paper. And hey, like my method was I just wrote it over and over again. And it kept getting better and better and better. I never changed the plot or direction. I just 
were able to enhance the characters, enhance the sceneries, and, you know, and just, you know, put the words together better. T's book is called Trailblazing. You can buy it everywhere. It's published by Fulton Books, and you can get it at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and down the street at your local bookstore, too. T, thank you so much for joining me here tonight. I had a fantastic time talking with you and learning about trailblazing. All right. I appreciate it. I had a great time talking to you, too. Thanks for the opportunity. I'm really happy to welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable, author Grace E. Tuttle. Grace, thank you for joining me here tonight. You're welcome. Now, you've written a book. It just came out, and it's called To Have a Little Faith in God. Can you tell me what it's all about? It's like the title says, To Have Faith in God, and it's about a woman who tries to convince other people to have faith in God, and mostly her students. She is a teacher at a Christian high school. What gave you the idea for the story? Well, I was not doing really too much of anything, but I really wanted to tell people about my faith. So I thought about writing a book would be the best way. And the it just kind of flowed out of me like very easily because I was very excited about it. I wanted to build a character that's kind of like similar to myself and more into faith, more going out there than I was at the time, but I'm also very, I'm a Christian myself, and it's its relatable to my own life. A good story from beginning to end, you will, will get to learn and love the character, Mrs. Honey, that is in the book, and just try to remember that it is a Christian book, and it's mostly about her relationship with God, and her family, and how they also have a relationship with God. It's a very Christian book. So what does your writing background look like? Have you written books before? Have you been published before? Um, No, this is like my first book. I have written a book after this, but I haven't written too much before. Do you have any advice for people that also want to write a book and want to publish it, but maybe feel a little bit lost? Take it one step at a time, I guess I would give them that advice. Mm. Don't rush it and think about what you want to write before you write it. So do you have plans on writing more? Do you want to put more books out there? I don't know at this time. I have put out recently, well, one book is going to be available soon. Catboy is a different character altogether. Catboy rises with the same company. He is a hero. That has cat powers. I know this has been done before, but it's pretty much he has to fight off someone that is robbing the bank and he's very good in fighting. And it's, it's very an adventure book versus what I've done and with my faith. Did you have a person in your life or maybe multiple people in your life who were more inspiring, motivational towards you while you were writing? Just my friends. Some of my friends had read the manuscript and I asked them what they thought about it before I got into like publishing it. They said, oh yeah, this is a great story. And they really enjoyed the book. Some of them have even bought the book. What encouragement could you offer to authors who are not writing, not going the whole way because they're afraid of that criticism? They're afraid of the negativity that they might hear about their work. To also ask a friend, what do they think? I mean, people will probably buy their book and support them because if 
they have like a community or people that else they can reach out to or ask another author that they might know because there's some people write books and they also know friends and they're very good at it. The book is called To Have a Little Faith in God. It was written by Grace E. Tuttle, published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can buy it everywhere that you shop for your reading material on Amazon and Barnes & Noble, iTunes, traditional brick-and-mortar stores, too. Grace, thank you for chatting with me tonight. It was really nice having you here on the show, and I thank you for telling me all about to have a little faith in God. You're welcome. There are times in life when you feel especially alone or hopeless. Author Joyce Canfield gives encouragement in her new book, Jesus in My Heart. I'm really happy to welcome Joyce to the show right now. Joyce, thanks for talking with me tonight. Thank you, Corey. It's great to be here. Jesus in My Heart sounds very encouraging. Can you tell me what you've written about in it? I would say it's my life testimony. It's me as a person, as all of us are, with our shortcomings and our flaws, our hurts, and feeling rejected sometimes, not understanding who we are, that kind of thing, and how Jesus brought me through it with God's love and gave me a brand new life, which I'm still a work in progress, by the way. Mm, we all are. That's <laughs> uh, an amazing story. What prompted you to write this and release it to the world? I would say it really has been a healing process for me writing the book, mm. because it started out writing journals, I guess you would call them. My experiences I had been going through, I would just write things about that, uh, you know, everything that I had experienced, and I always have loved to write. I didn't know it was going to be a book. I wrote, so I had a passion. It's like, you know, everybody's got a calling, and I was following my calling without realizing I would be writing a book. <laughs> You said you always love to write. So is this the first book then you've, you've actually published or have you done other things? No, this is the first book that I have published. I've been writing since I was a little girl. Has journaling always been a part of your life or because you had mentioned that or was that something recent that you picked up? I've always enjoyed, even as a child, writing stories about mm. people and probably relating to my own life, um, encouraging kind of things. And yeah, since I was young. And so I've been doing that all along. But the last the couple of years it took me to write this book, it was a very strong passion. Mm. I didn't realize that God was really putting it in my heart, even to the point that I would go out for walks and take pictures everywhere I went. As I traveled, I just had this uh, passion to do it. I didn't know it would be for a book hmm. that I used all those photos in my book. I didn't know that was going to happen. <laughs> Uh, sounds like it, it came together so well for you. Was it easy to write then? Did the words kind of flow out or was that a little difficult to get it all out? The words came out pretty easily because I would pray my way through it. It was to me a time of prayer as I would sit and maybe I'd gone through an experience that day, something that was difficult. Hmm. And I would talk to God in my heart and, you know, through his Holy Spirit, I would just guide it to write. And it would just come out of me and I would just write it and it would be so healing. And then I'd cry a happy cry, I call it, you know, after I'd see what I, it would help me to get through the, the situations in my life. So I feel like what I've written, the purpose of it is to also help and spread God's word to others and encourage them wherever they are in life. If they decide to pick up the book and read it, may, I'm hoping that it will be an encouragement to them from what's happened to me. 
That's the funny thing about writing is that it, it, it can help the author just as much as you're trying to help other people. Exactly. Exactly. So do you plan on maybe writing some more, maybe getting some more books out there? I've already got so much in my computer that it's flowing <laughs> over. <laughs> it's <laughs> not a bad problem to have. I've got, a book, I've got at least a couple of books in progress, but nothing. I haven't presented them yet to the publisher at this point. Mm. Looking at yourself before you started publishing and where you were, can you offer some words of wisdom to people who are in that position, who haven't published yet, but really want to write and publish a book? I would say follow your heart without being full of yourself. You know, look at it as uh, a labor of love. Follow your heart. Just let God open up the avenues of your heart that you want to share and that you, he's put in your heart to share. Joyce's book is called Jesus in My Heart, published by Christian Faith Publishing and, of course, written by Joyce Canfield. You can buy it everywhere you shop for your reading material, on Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, at iTunes, and down the street at your local bookshop, too. And Joyce, thanks again for stopping by the show. I had a really nice time talking with you today. Thank you, Corey. I very much enjoyed speaking with you also. And God bless you. <laughs> Children will see life and learn lessons from an unusual character. In the new book by Janice Ridgely, titled the Little Beech Tree. I'm really happy to welcome Janice to the show right now. Janice, thank you so much for joining me here. Joy to be here. Can you tell me what you've written about in The Little Beech Tree? Well, The Little Beech Tree is a story of a small beech tree that's living in the shadow of some much bigger trees, along with a very mischievous squirrel. In the fall, when the leaves of all the other trees turn brilliant colors, the leaves of the distraught little beech tree stay green. In the meantime, visitors come to the forest and they admire the brilliant colors of the tall sugar maple and the quaking aspen and the towering oak. And the little beech tree becomes very sad because none of his visitors even noticed him with his green leaves. But it does have a happy ending because it's for preschoolers. Mm. You're teaching a lot to children here, some really important life lessons and themes. Can you go into the sorts of things you're going into here? Well, I was a preschool teacher for 33 years. So I wrote the story for children from birth to age seven. Hmm. The little lovable tree, little beech tree, um, shows lots of emotions throughout the story, which is, I think is important to children. And I included a lot of educational concepts presented in a funny way. Um, with the silly squirrel mm -hmm. that parents can use to help to understand, help the children understand things like the four seasons, the names of various trees, there's opportunities for color recognition, and modes of transportation, to name a few. Can you pinpoint a, a time or a place where the idea for using things like the beech tree and the squirrel, where those popped into mind, where those came from? Yes, those are at my house. <laughs> Last fall, or the fall before, I was out raking leaves. And I'm a real spring lover. I love the spring. Mm -hmm. And I was wishing that spring would come back and return with the green leaves. And we also happen to have a little beech tree in our yard off of our deck. And I have a couple of very busy squirrels that are always at my bird feeders. So between all of those things, they gave me the idea to do the story. Now, being an educator, of course, there's a lot of writing involved uh, just in that profession alone. But 
As far as this kind of writing and publishing, uh, what's your background like? Have you done this before? No, this is my first time. I've always wanted to write a children's book, but I never seem to be able to find the time hmm. now that I'm retired. And of course, with the pandemic, we all have plenty of time on our hands. <laughs> so it gave me the opportunity to finally do it. What was it like involving illustrations and, and telling your story visually? It was a learning process. I worked with an illustrator from Fulton Books. They were very good. But again, a lot of times I had to go back and say, well, could we do this? Could we make this girl have more personality? Mm. I needed to look at it with a critical eye, which sometimes I think I didn't do that as much as I should. And after I got the first copy of the book, I actually decided that I wanted to revise the whole book to include the squirrel for its humor. Now, having gone through this for the first time, you, know, you said it was a learning experience and there's so much involved. Do you have any words of advice, words of wisdom for aspiring authors who are about to go on the same journey? Yeah, I think you really need to be patient with the whole process, but also a good critic of your work. I found that during my first revision, I was so excited about getting the book that I didn't really look at it with a critical eye. So I think that it's always good to have someone else that you're close to actually read, read your book and make suggestions and, and be a good listener. And I think that that's kind of what I learned from the whole process. Well, thank you, Janice. The name of Janice's book is The Little Beech Tree, written by Janice Ridgely and published by Fulton Books. You can buy it everywhere on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and down the street at your local bookshop, too. Janice, thanks again for stopping by the show. I had a really nice time chatting with you. Thank you for having me. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. We hope to see you back here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where independent new authors come first.